Hello and welcome to this week's edition of SBC This Week, a roundup of news and views from around the Southern Baptist Convention. SBC This Week is hosted by Amy Whitfield and Jonathan Howe. Hey, Jonathan. How's it going? I feel like I need like confetti and streamers and sparkling grape juice, Auld Lang Syne playing in the background. Really? That's Why it. Because it's the New Year's, I guess. Yeah, New Year. That's get, get one of those things that go, fun. you know, when you blow it or whatever. Please do not do not do that again. Uh, don't don't. Yeah. And then second, it it's a little weird. We're recording this on uh, Tuesday before yeah. New Year's. So we've got still got quite a bit of uh, time left to go. And so I'm not feeling all the streamers and all that quite yet. But that's, I'm sure I will. That's because you're sure at I home. I am. Yes, I am. You're so, not supposed to be at home. I am not supposed to be at home. You're supposed I, to be in Nashville. I was scheduled to be in Nashville today. Should have been having a Christmas celebration with my family and uh, at my parents' house and my brother's family there. And we had all sorts of plans. And so uh, when we were trying to plan our trip, um, we uh, found some great deal, uh, great deal on some Southwest tickets. How'd that work out ago. for you, Amy? <laughs> Uh, I'm home. So, but I want to say, as I, as I have said, uh, even though the last couple of days trying to figure out what was going on, whether or not we should pack, whether or not we should go to the airport, even though that was not easy around here, I'm going to tell you the stories I've read about folks stuck in airports, uh, separated from their luggage with medications in there. This is uh, such a mess. And so for us to just be needing to stay home like that's that we we will take that we have much to be grateful for so the, the ones i was really worried for were the moms and dads of little kids that had car seats that they yes. had put on because you can't take a car seat on a on a on an airplane you have to check it it's oversized luggage you know we right. did that whenever we went to to california as a family earlier this year we had avery's car seat her little booster but right. we can't take it on a plane so it goes in yeah. the, the um and thing. so yeah people so, can't get to it or they could that's right so so then these folks who you know they like the thought we'll just rent a car or ride an Uber or whatever go to a hotel they can't because they can't seat. get their car seat yeah it it all these stories of folks being stuck it, it it's it's really really crushing and what a difficult situation so we were not affected that badly having said that we are at home instead of. In Tennessee right now. Just so. makes it less stressful, Amy. Yeah. To hang out at the house. Hang out at the house. No groceries. So <laughs> Right. The the weird the toughest part was Christmas night because we were supposed to fly on Christmas evening. Like our flight was like at five thirty. So we were gonna get there in time to eat dinner. And um we obviously did not didn't fly out on Christmas and we had no food because we were not planning on being there. I mean, we did have some things. We had a few things in the refrigerator um, that I had not thrown out because we were in limbo and weren't, weren't leaving. And so it was kind of this moment of looking at each other saying, uh, okay, let's dig around in there and see what we've got. And how about you eat this? Yeah. And uh, I'll heat this up for you and yeah. stuff. Uh, Keith asked me, he said, is anything open? And I said, uh, the gas stations, that's it. So Christmas dinner of fish sticks and creamed corn. <laughs> that's there right. That's right. So, uh, but it was an adventure. Yeah. So, all right. Well, glad you're safe and at home. Uh, we, you know, had a few friends have been, in fact, we've had several friends 
that have been impacted by this. And uh, most of them have been able to work it out. I know a couple that haven't, but um, it's just a mess. And I'm, I'm really just hoping that they get things squared away before January 6th when Ethan's supposed to go back to California. Because I don't have five days to drive him to California and back. So I, I don't know what's going to happen with that. So hopefully that'll get all worked out. But Amy, let's jump into the show this week, as is our custom here. Our last show of the year slash first show of the next year, depending on how the weeks fall, is our look ahead to the coming year and That's the right. 10 questions that we have for the next year. So we're going to do that today. Our 10 questions for 2023. We'll give you the question first. And then kind of why we're thinking that's something that we need to be looking out for in 2023. Several of these will be stuff that we talked about almost every year because some of these questions are things that are important to what we do every year. Okay. So, and also to expand on what you just said, what we typically do as we answered questions last week, we put these kind of in the bank and then we don't look again. So we will likely just put these away. We won't look at them until December. Yeah, and we'll forget what they are, half of them. Yeah. So we forget what what they are. But there, as you said, there are a few repeats. Uh, so the first big question for 2023 is um, what will be the next steps taken in abuse reform and in response to all that has taken place so far? And, and this is really multi-layered. We have the Abuse Reform Implementation Task Force that was given a number of uh, directives by the messengers. And so they that task force will come back in the summer in New Orleans to sort of answer for all the, the things that they've been asked to do and give a report on where other, other things are. Uh, but we also have the Department of Justice investigation, which we don't really know where that is, but it's in, in process. A number of uh, legal number of legal developments related to the guidepost report or to other things. And so this will continue to be an ongoing discussion uh, in Southern Baptist life for the foreseeable future, I think. And so the question for 2023 is really where will we be at the end of this year? Yeah. And, and a question I would expect us to have on our list for 2024, possibly yeah. at the end of next year. Yep. So, all right. Yeah. Question number two. Who will be elected to lead the EC, and will we see more diversity in first and second chair roles in the SBC? This is something uh, you heard last year and last week as we answered that question for the previous year, tried to answer it at least. The EC part of that question, not able to be answered just yet. So we wait and see. That's right. So hopefully by the end of 2023, we will be able to answer that. And then the second question is one that we've had quite a bit and continue to have. One reason we continue to ask that question is uh, there have been a number of reports through the years about uh, the desire to see increased diversity in leadership. And one of the reason that those reasons that those reports continue to come up is is really that if we don't continue to ask that question, we often will not think about this. And it is something that has been put before uh, the messengers and before the trustees and entities since 2011, really, yeah. uh, is when a, a, a pretty strong you know, statement toward that. And so we keep asking this question because it is a question that the messengers have really said should be a priority. So we're going to keep talking about it. Yeah. All right. Number three, my favorite question every year, will we top 10,000 messengers in New Orleans? I, we, I'm sure we will. We got to do it. I'm feeling pretty good about it. 
Based on the room nights and everything, we're way up in room nights over Nashville as well as Anaheim. So just based on room nights sold, the location of the convention, the ease of of drivability, I think 10,000, I won't say it's like in the bank, but I'm feeling pretty good about it. I'm feeling really good about it. Yeah, I think we will. Okay. All right. Yes. Well, and, and another question that we ask almost every year, will the upward trends in giving continue for cooperative program, Lottie Moon Christmas offering, and the Annie Armstrong Easter offering? So uh, the, the offerings, I, I feel really good about. We've talked about the slow start that we've seen from the cooperative program giving this year so far. That's a, that's a question. I don't know where we're going to be on that. There's been some uh, economic factors, I think, that, that play into that. Uh, the record inflation that we're seeing right now, just the the cost of living expenses, churches wanting to do the right things, and sometimes you know by giving their staffs a raise, and sometimes that comes at the expense of cooperative program giving. Not all the time, but that does happen. So we'll see what happens there. The economy is kind of a a moving target right now, as as far as giving goes. So we'll That's we'll right. see what happens. We'll see. All right, number five. Um, how will the issue about Saddleback Church be resolved, uh, particularly surrounding the question of the office of pastor and how that title is used and assigned, especially in some of these the sec- more secondary roles on a staff uh, with respect to women? And this has been a big conversation going on for a couple of years now, or I guess a year and a half really since, um, since right before the 2021 annual meeting. And, uh, you know, Bart Barber and Jared Wellman have both said that they are committed to helping see this conversation to new Orleans, but, uh, there's a lot, a lot to consider. The credentials committee is continuing to work on the question of Saddleback. They said that they would that they would come back. There's also been a lot of discussion on social media, articles written, things like that. Um, so I think I think that is something we have to assume will be a major conversation in 2023. And um, I'll just say this: my biggest concern always is however this conversation plays out that our commitment to see women engage in the work of the convention in meaningful ways. I just pray that that remains a priority and a desire. Yeah. All right. Well said, Amy. And that moves us to question number six. How will legal proceedings affect the SBC in the coming year? Now, you mentioned the DOJ investigation. There's also some lawsuits stemming from the Sex Abuse Task Force report. We also have a court date for McRaney versus Nam. And the Rollins versus Pressler case is still ongoing down in Texas. So that, that's just a handful of the examples. There's several others, but you know, it, it, we really don't know where a lot of these legal proceedings are going to take us. That's right. That's so, right. And so we will we will cover those uh, throughout the year. But I think it's a good question to have at the end to say, okay, what's been the implications yeah. uh, of these of these cases? All right. So number seven. Here's one. Let's uh, let, let's throw one out about a, a good friend of the pod. Um, what will a Leatherwood administration at the ERLC look like? And I, I think that's going to be an interesting one. I am looking forward to seeing that. I have two guesses. One, um, I think that we will see uh, probably significant steps in engagement at the state levels uh, with state conventions. And then also pretty substantive engagement in 
Washington, D.C., uh, because I think we have seen that already from Brent Leatherwood, from Hannah Daniel, from the, the, the just from the folks, what they're doing in Washington. And there's been a number of important Supreme Court cases that they've been uh, very involved in. And I just I think I think that will will be a priority. I think that would have been a priority of any, you know, of the the more leadership, the land leadership, just because of the cases that we're dealing with now, I just think we will see it as a, a major priority. But yeah. I'm guessing we'll see an uptick in sort of state convention uh, engagement. Yeah, I, I don't mean to set this in opposition to Dr. Moore's administration, but I, I do think we will see a little bit more policy engagement rather than cultural engagement from the ERLC. Does that make sense? Yeah, that we'll see the, that, that we may not see as much in the public content as we do in the sort of groundwork yeah. on the legislative side, mm-hmm. which I think is just a, it's different approaches. Yeah. And, and just the different way they're wired. So not that one's yeah. better than the other or different, it's just different. Right. But yeah. And some of their backgrounds, I yeah. mean, uh, Dr. Moore is a theologian, Brent, that's where Brent Leatherwood's background comes yeah. from. More policy driven. Sort of yeah. yeah. Policy driven engagement. So yeah. I think, I think you're right. We will see that. So what will be interesting is maybe in, at the end of the, of the year, we can actually look and say some tangible, it played out in this, in this, in this, in this case, things that we don't even know are before us. Yeah. So, so I'm excited to see what 2023 has in store for the ERLC. Question number eight, Amy. Will Bart Barber be opposed at the SBC annual meeting in New Orleans for the office of presidency? Will Will Bart Barber run for the office of president? I, well, we don't even know that he yet. hasn't announced yet. He hasn't so, announced yet. But I'm assuming a lot with that question, apparently. But right, right. Uh, you know, we he can, and we have typically seen that, although not always. Normally, when someone runs for their second year, they are not opposed, uh, but they can be. So we will see if anyone sort of steps up and says, I'm going to run, uh, I'm going to run for president in New Orleans. So that will be, uh, will be a good one. All right. Uh, number nine, what will 2023 hold uh, for our seminaries, for, for developments in seminary education? This is a big one. And it's not just about Southern Baptist seminaries. Multifaceted. Yeah. And then obviously questions about online education versus residential, things like that. There's just a lot. There's a lot being talked about right now, and I think, uh, I think it will be interesting to see at the end of the year where all that is for our schools. Yeah, I don't think it's isolated just to our seminaries, like you mentioned. It's a bigger thing in higher education. I think it also plays into our discussions around the cooperative program. I mean, there's there's a lot going on, a lot that affects our seminaries. So we'll just kind of wait and see, uh, you know, what that impact is, because it, there's a lot of questions. And, and a lot of uh, different pieces that that a lot of our higher education, not just our seminaries, but our state colleges that they're That's dealing right. with. And as government regulations and different ideas change in larger higher education, how does that impact our, our seminaries yeah. and our higher education institutions? So a lot of things going on in the education space. So that uh, 2023, I'm sure, will be a busy area for that again. All right. Last question, Amy, and uh, kind of a holdover from the previous year as well. What will be the surprise story of 2023? We had a couple of departures last year that uh, surprised us. We had maybe some retirements that surprised us. We had some allegations arising against people that surprised us. What, what's it going to be in 2023? I mean, we had, we had big giving as well. That was a surprise last year. Right, so, right. Yeah. So it could be good. It could be difficult. We don't know. 
you're almost afraid to throw this question in, but you know, you have to throw this question in because the one thing I have learned is uh, there's always guaranteed to be at least one surprise. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be, it'd be interesting to go back and catalog them over the last decade or so and just go, because I bet there's some that we've forgotten about, you know, especially in the early to mid teens. Um, right. Probably go back and look at those and go, oh, I totally forgot about that happening. Oh, that was that year or something like that. So like you said, every year brings right. something in the SBC and every week we bring it to you right here on the podcast. So in the middle of our eighth year, which is insane, by the way. Pretty crazy. 400 episodes in and here we are. So that's going to do it for our 10 questions of the year. Those available over in the show notes at sbcthisweek.com. You can chime in and let us know maybe some questions that you have for the SBC on Twitter. Hit us up at SBC This Week or at Jonathan underscore Howe at AC Witt. Uh, you got a better chance of me responding than Amy because she's not on Twitter that much these days. But uh, here we are. Here we are. All right. Uh, Amy, anything else you're looking forward to in 2023 other than the food in New Orleans for the annual meeting? Oh, man. You put me on the spot. So I don't want to say I'm looking forward to this because this is actually going to be really hard in some ways. But this time next year, we will have been in the Whitfield house. We'll have been empty nesters for about four or five months. And so looking at 2023, that's just a weird, it's a, a, it's a really weird thing. We, this, this year will bring a lot of change in our house. So you're, you've still got a little ways to go there. Uh, yeah. Just a few 10 years uh, to go there uh, before that yeah. happens. But yeah, I know that'll be a big transition for you and Keith. So Best of best of luck with that. Thanks. So you asked me, I'll ask you, what are you looking forward to? I'm looking forward to having another driver in the house again. Oh, yeah. That was uh, this past year or so with Ethan being gone and Parker not having his license yet. He'll get his license later this year. That was a challenge. Uh, that was, you know, Beth and I running all over the place trying to figure things out. It, it, it was, It's definitely different whenever you go from having a third driver in the house to not having it. And you still yeah. got the things going on and you still have, you know, a lot of travel and things like that. You know, I'm out of town or whatever and Beth's trying to manage it all. So I, I think she will look forward to having another driver in the house more than I will uh, because I'll be the one probably having to pay for everything. You know, we both pray for it, but you know what I mean? Like I'll see the bills and and she'll have the convenience of having somebody to help her right. uh, with the That's kiddos. Right. So yeah, that, that'll be a, a nice thing to have. Hopefully he's responsible behind the wheel of a car. You know, that's the anxious part of being a parent. Yes. One of many. One Very of many. much so. <laughs> Very much so. Yes. All right. Well, shout out to all of our listeners who might be sitting in airports right now, and we hope you make it home. Yes. If you were on Southwest. Yes. So. Hey, by the time they're hearing this, it's probably all fixed. Or maybe not. Uh, maybe not. <laughs> maybe this seems not. like a pretty, this seems like, I, I think we'll be talking about this for a little while, but maybe everyone will be home by yes. the time they're listening. Yes, maybe. So, all right. Well, Amy. It's been a joy. Another year is down. I'll see you next year. See you next year. 